You're listening to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Our mission is to provide thought-provoking, powerful, and practical information to help you in creating your own sustainable wealth-generating law firm without overwork or overwhelm so you can live your best life. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with Tanner Jones, VP of Business Development for Consult Webs and frequent speaker on the topic of law firm marketing, including co-hosting webinars with Google, Avo, and lawmarketing.com. Consult Webs is a digital marketing company for lawyers and law firms, and they offer website, SEO, and online advertising services. Tanner, I'm so happy you're here today on the Solo to See You. I'm sorry, on the Wealthy Woman Lawyer podcast. I'm still saying the old name. <laughs> uh, welcome. Thank you so much, Davina. I'm, I'm very pleased to be here and excited to be able to have this discussion with you. Oh, great, great. So why don't you start out by, I just gave a very brief highlight about who you are and what you do. Why don't you start out by telling us uh, a little bit more about yourself and your area of expertise and how you how you got here? Certainly. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm I'm an entrepreneur by by heart. You know, I started mm-hmm. at an early age running a small landscaping business and went through business school and had a couple stints, uh, had some HR work and worked in the insurance industry for a little bit. But about 11 years ago, ended up getting connected with a group, Consult Webs, that focused exclusively on helping law firms sign clients from the internet. So for me, was completely new. You know, I'd never been in, involved in the legal profession. In fact, I'd never hired a lawyer and never dealt with the legal system, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, probably should have in certain <laughs> in the past, but, you know, it was just a totally new world for me. And, you know, for me, I had seen, I think we had, we've all grown up over the years seeing lawyers, TV lawyers, if you will. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, you know, I had my own uh, perception of right. uh, what law was about or what practicing law was about or what it was like to be a lawyer. And so it was a completely new world and I got into that. But I've, you know, going back to kind of drawing on prior experiences, I knew the value of entrepreneurship. I knew the value of marketing, of needing mm-hmm. new clientele, constantly getting your brand out there. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I fit right in, even though I didn't necessarily know the legal profession as well 11 years ago I knew the power of marketing and business right. and right. and so I've you know I was able to marry some of those uh, talents that I've grown in over time but also uh, just the understanding of marketing and and apply that to legal marketing and the profession of helping lawyers sign new clients and so that's what led me to consult webs and so as you noted in the intro we, we do all things digital. We certainly help with design. At Consult Webs, we have over 90 full-time people working exclusively on helping firms. And so we've, we've learned because the internet is so fragmented, and you've probably seen that yourself in, in your career in marketing and, and right. helping, helping lawyers, that there's so many places. In fact, it seems overwhelming, convoluted on where to even try to apply your message. And we, we really work to simplify that. For firms, we we take the keys and we run with it and help them really just focus on practicing law and running a business. 
Yeah, that is, it is a big challenge with, uh, for law firm owners to deal with this sort of marketing, uh, elephant, you know, that's in the room. We know we just, as attorneys, we just want to became lawyers because we want to be lawyers. But then when we start our own businesses, we also have to be business people. And there's so much learn about running a business when you're running a business. There's all the different facets. There's money management and there's building the right, you know, your top team and all of these things. So marketing um, is, that's one of the areas that I advise my clients to definitely find some trusted resources to help them with that because it's a whole education in and of itself, isn't it? It sure is. And, and you know, if, if only there were a, a silver bullet that's right. what that's what every lawyer running a business wants. It's what we all want. Um, but the reality is that every market's different. And hopefully we'll have the chance to kind of dive into this topic because it's uh, near and dear to my heart on the, the value of uniqueness, of identifying really what, what your unique value is to the market right. and, and believing in that and really pushing that message out to the public. And, and being confident in it and realizing that it may not resonate with everyone, but ideally it's resonating with your ideal client. And it, it right. kind of speaks to your whole concept. I love the message that you are pushing to, to your network and to the legal profession of th- there is more to life than just getting lost in day-to-day business. It, it's so right. easy as a business owner to just constantly fight fires and go from one fire to the next and pay these bills and hire these people, fire these people. And it's just, it can be so overwhelming. And your message, which I, I totally buy into, is that there's something more to life than just that. You can have that. You can run a very, very successful business and help a lot of people, but you can also start with helping yourself. And, and appreciating, you know, the, the valuable time we have here on this earth. And so to me, it is. It's a matter of finding your groove and staying in that groove and really just pushing that message out to as many people as possible. Right, right. And it's just it's critical to to have a team to help you, whether you're outsourcing, which a lot of attorneys are doing now. We're doing mm-hmm. a lot more with virtual firms and remote practices that, you know, working remotely um, and uh regardless of that or whether you have a traditional law firm, you know, you really need resources and to, to partner up with other people to help you. And that's kind of a huge part of what I teach. Um, even, even for people who just want to, like I said, work virtually, they still need people and resources to help them because we simply cannot be and are, will never be the expert in every area of life and running our businesses. You, know, sure. you, have, you have to have people in other areas of expertise. I do want to go back to something you said earlier because before we get too far away from it, because I thought it was very interesting. Um, you said that you had never had uh, any dealings with attorneys before you you know, started doing this work. Of course, you've been doing this work for almost a dozen years now. But And so you had a certain perception of what lawyers are. And I'm not going to ask what the perception was, but <laughs> we'll keep you out of hot water there. But, um, you know, we do take our, uh, the general public, and I, I mean, I did it before I went to law school and became an attorney. Um, we have in our minds that, you know, we're going to be like the attorneys of whatever the latest uh, legal show is, or the, or the attorneys that we 
the TV attorneys we admired as we were growing up as kids or whatever. And then we get out and, you know, we start practicing and it's different. It's very different. I mean, what are some of the differences that you realized in working with attorneys? Um, You know, I can tell you for me working uh, day to day as an attorney was it's a lot less glamorous than what they show <laughs> on, on uh, what through the years, LA Law, Ally McBeal, uh, even mm. Matlock or whatever, you know, whatever TV shows. Yeah, yeah it's a great question. And and I have like I've I, I've learned in, in this in this time and in, in working with firms that just like in the industry, there there are multiple or there there are so many different personalities. Mm-hmm. And and even in the areas of law. You know, we've we've gravitated in legal primarily to business to consumer. So we we deal a lot with plaintiffs, personal injury firms. We deal with domestic family law firms, criminal law attorneys, bankruptcy, uh, estate planning. Those are some of the key areas we've really invested in and focused. And so, really, that's my perspective. Um, and and to that point, I've seen so many incredible personalities, um, just in terms of tremendous hearted individuals that that mm-hmm. really got in the industry to legitimately help people, whether it was because of their story, you know, maybe they've lived through a divorce uh, in of their own, whether mm-hmm. personally or whether they've experienced that of their parents. And, and they've seen kind of the, the hurdles, the challenges of that process. And, and ultimately, it's inspired them to uh, give back to the world in an effort to hopefully prevent maybe some of those negative experiences they went through in helping some of their clients, you know, or, or maybe it's a, a personal injury law firm uh, that similarly, maybe they've experienced something that uh, where they've gone through a devastating time and, and now their, their life's mission is to help people through those challenges. Uh, again, like in all industries, certainly there are bad apples out there, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you can't hide that fact, but uh, like hopefully most business owners, everyone's trying hopefully to partner with the right clients, the right fit. And Mm -hmm. I've seen across the board that while there is without a doubt, in some instances, a negative connotation uh, around Mm -hmm. particularly personal injury law firms, I've seen the complete opposite for for a large portion uh, of the industry itself. And, And that to me is a mission in and of itself to work to try to change that persona or to change that that connotation when in fact it's it's entirely not true for the most part and so that that's that's such a big piece that unfortunately the world itself has been just totally swayed in one direction and and they really don't have the whole story right right well and you know tv tv really does in inform us in mm-hmm. it's amazing how like culturally it informs our experiences with doctors, with lawyers, whatever we think. And of course, then when you're actually needing a doctor, you're needing a lawyer, it's a different experience. Not everybody looks like a model and everybody's <laughs> <That's right. laughs> sexy, you know, or whatever. But, uh, but what is what is interesting to me about that, you know, so you go, uh, the, the, pub, the general public has certain ideas and perceptions about attorneys, whether it's negative or, you know, glamorous or whatever it is. So that really, when you're when you're taking on and you're tackling your marketing, and you're getting your message out there about how you are, you're kind of going up against these preconceived notions about what it is like to hire an attorney. And so, how do you guys help your clients 
sort of develop their own brand and identity and communicate who they are and what their firm stands for through their marketing, through their online marketing? That's a great question. And, you know, there there are multiple steps to that. Mm-hmm. But it always starts with really understanding who, who are you reaching, first and foremost? Who Who is, what's the ideal target, the ideal clientele? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, what are you doing in their lives? How are you changing their lives or improving their lives through mm-hmm. your services? Um, because at the end of the day, in, in most instances, and this is not just specific to legal, this is all of life, we, we often tend to see first me, look at it through our own lens. Right. And, and all too often, there are law firms out there that just try to throw out, here's why we're different. Here's why we're, we're unique. And, and it's rarely packaged around why that uniqueness is of value to the client. How does it impact your oh, that's perspective huge. client? That's huge. That it's, it's a major miss across the board. In fact, I see I probably shouldn't even be sharing it <laughs> in, in all these conversations because hopefully eventually many other law firms will pick that up. But that's, that's where it starts because ultimately every individual case is unique to that potential client. And, and because of what we've just talked about, because of this, uh, we've been informed and in many instances falsely informed um, about who lawyers truly are and how they help. People are coming in with walls. There, there are, there's this, this natural friction. And in, in fact, a lot of people who go online to search for lawyers, this is the first time they've ever searched for this particular lawyer. Or, you know, or this type of lawyer in their lives. So there's right. an intimidation factor. And so what we try to do, once we truly understand the clientele, once we truly understand the unique value of the firm, now it's a matter of being able to, to drop those walls, remove those walls. And a few practical things that we do for that. One, we, we tell the story of the firm. We showcase, we love candid custom photography. Now mm-hmm. that's not just cheesy headshots, right? That it's right. not just a, it's not just a bio photo. These are day in the life photos, ideally giving the impression of what it would be like if that prospective client walks into your office today and sits down with you. What are they going to experience? What do the walls look like in the office? What are the what's the staff look like? And so, being able to provide that photography brings the site to life, uh, makes the firm more personable and approachable. And, and allows us to, to drop those guards, knowing that that's, that's the case for the majority of the site visitors that are coming into your website. And then we make it extremely easy to contact the firm. There are some people that are in the moment where maybe they're, in, they're at work, they can't just pick up the phone and call. And so nice, convenient, easy to use contact forms. You've probably seen live chat across the board right, for real. Right. Another great tool to to drive a conversion while they're there on your website if they're not in a position to call, but also particularly for mobile, you know, making it really intuitive to just simply tap tap a button and call the firm. Some of these things. Yeah, that's that my that's lost. my pet peeve is when I when I'm looking at something and then I just it's not easy for me to figure out how to get in touch with. That's it. How to get in touch with them? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like okay, next. I'm going on to the next thing. It's, I'm not going to. It's so much easier just to click the back button and find yeah. another website that does offer that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love what you said about the photography because I'm a huge believer in that and really showing your personality in your photography and the personality of your firm and and all of you know giving that 
because you're really trying to communicate a feel. And a feel is a difficult thing to communicate. You're feeling, you know, you're looking at how can I, you know, get this prospect to feel a certain way about right. what it would be like to work with me. And, and visuals are a great way to do that. Visuals are, are huge. Obviously, video, you know, with, mm -hmm. video allows you to combine audio with mm -hmm. imagery, which takes it to another level. Right. And, and we're, we're, you know, humans are, we're, we're not always practical in how we, how we interpret nah. things. You, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we have to embrace that. You want to cater to emotion. And, and right. driving the emotion and, and asking questions, using messaging on the website that speaks to that emotional moment that they're going through, whether it's a family law or divorce case or a personal injury lawsuit or whatever is going through their mind, being mm -hmm. able to relate to them through strategic messaging. And one other point, just to slightly change gears in terms of those first impressions, we find yeah. that the attorney bio or attorney bios are uh -huh. the the most visited consistently the most visited page on a legal website aside from wow. the home page um, wow. obviously the home page is going to be that kind of first entry page in most instances but the majority of visitors will immediately navigate right into that attorney bio and and so for your listeners uh, you know when's the last time you checked out that bio and what message are you telling the audience and what we try to encourage is Incorporate, definitely want custom imagery, candid photos there, of course, but but use that as an opportunity to tell your story. And instead of just listing a bullet list of where you went to law school and you know prior awards or accolades, whatever that may be, those are good. But ideally it's more of a narrative style. And and it reads as if, you know, they're they're reading a a journal or something where it's it's entertaining. It shows a little bit more personality. Because that is going to be the biggest anchor that, that most prospective clients lead to. And in most instances, could be your best conversion page if you really treat it intentionally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, and that we're in such a culture now where we just we share, you know, we, we see things, we share them, we see them, we share them. And there's such a difference when you comment on what you share than when you just share it, like on social media. And it's the same kind of thing you're talking about for the bio page, we're leaving it up to the prospect to, in, to interpret and get from that list what we want them to, instead of telling them a story that, that shares what, what we think is important that they should be paying attention to about our qualifications, right? Because if you just have a list of stuff there, I might look at one thing and go, oh, well, I like that, you know, that she speaks on this topic. And you might look at another and go, well, I like that he's got, you know, 30 years experience or whatever. But That's we're right. leaving it up for this subjective sort of analysis. Whereas if we control the narrative mm -hmm. and tell the story, then we can we can share with them, hey, look, this is what you need to be paying attention to, that that this is why. I can solve the problems that keep you up at three in the morning, right? This is why I'm the best person to help you do that. And it's, it's kind of a waste just to, just to list that, just to put your resume on there. Right. Spot on. Yeah. 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 Well, well said. And there are so many other elements too, that, you know, going along with just the copy uh, alongside mm -hmm. the narrative, being mm -hmm. able to showcase 
You know, are you are you involved in the community? You know, being able to to find opportunities to relate to the public, to relate to your potential clients, um, incorporating testimonials or reviews alongside mm-hmm. those bios, so that you have those third party um, credentials. That's powerful, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. So going on to when you were talking about the most visited pages were the home page and the bio page, let's talk about measuring the ROI on your marketing because there are there are activities that are measurable and then there are those that are harder to measure. And what's so wonderful about digital marketing is that there are so many tools now for measuring and getting clear on what uh, on what the other what what the other party's searching for, what they're looking for, right? The data is there f- to help us. So, can you talk to me about that a little bit? Sure, sure. This is such a big topic, and in fact, I mean, this is what has allowed ConsultWebs, in my opinion, to to truly separate ourselves and and rise to the top in the legal online marketing world because we we focus on the end result. So, what we look at. In terms of defining success or failure with a campaign, we look at cost per lead and cost per case. Cost per lead is something we obviously have the most influence and control over. Cost per case begins to have more of a uh, a coupled partnership effort in that obviously we're we're responsible for driving the lead, but the law firm is ultimately responsible for converting that contact right. and building trust and signing them up. But if, if you're monitoring those two metrics in particular, you can have your finger on the pulse of marketing from month to month and monitor trends. And naturally, it's never going to stay the same. We often say like, you know, trying to keep up with Google and, and mm-hmm. running search engine optimization campaigns is often like painting a moving train. It's constantly mm-hmm. changing. And, and, but that's, that's exciting for us. There's opportunity there. And, but at the end of the day, you can monitor a lot of stuff. In fact, because, I mean, just to the point you said, unlike all other traditional advertising that's that's ever been available to business owners, digital provides almost an unlimited amount of data to wade through. And in many instances, a lot of law firms will, you know, as, as vendors are reporting data, they're reporting on, all right, here, here's your site speed score. Here, here are your rankings, performance, and your fluctuations. Here, here are these metrics and these metrics and these metrics. And at the end of the day, the attorney just throws their hands up. It's like, I have no idea what this means. It sounds good. I'm just going to keep at it. <laughs> right, right. But, but they're not monitoring what's ultimately impacting the bottom line. And that's a real problem. In fact, I think, uh, I think there are a lot of vendors out there that will actually use all this other data, that access at their fingertips, to to almost try to change the focus or or sway the emphasis away from those bottom dollar metrics, and and I think that's why it's so important ultimately to have. Yes, it's important to watch all, some of these other metrics, but really at the end of the day, what matters? It's the cost per lead and the cost per case. Now, once you attract, once you're able to establish processes for tracking that, and I can, I'm more than happy to go into detail on that. But once you do that, now it's really important to start to try to gain, gain a sense of values of clientele, especially if, if your clientele have swings of values, depending on your fees and, and how you structure that. Ideally, you can then go to the next step and really start to articulate true return on investment. And that's right. where you can determine, um, in our opinion, a five to one 
ROI, meaning every dollar you put in the digital, you get at least $5 back. That That is kind of the golden standard. That's That's minimum on what you really need to be targeting for for online marketing. And, and you're really never going to get to that metric until you can first establish cost per lead, cost per case, because lead source will play a big role in that. And, and I'll take just a moment to talk through, you know, lead source. A lot of law firms have depended solely on their intake, uh, the person answering the phone to mm-hmm. ask, how did you hear about us? And, you know, as lawyers, we know eyewitness testimony is often flawed. Right. Um, you know, we, we have so many distractions in this life and we've heard so many times we have clients that have never invested in television advertising in the history of their firm and still have people telling them they found them on TV. And the answer a lot of people give is, oh, I found you on the internet. And right. maybe what really happened is a friend told them about you and then they went and Googled you and then they, you know, connected with you on LinkedIn and then they followed you for a little while on Facebook and then they had a pressing need and they called you, you know, and, and, and you're sitting there going, okay, well, that wasn't <laughs> finding me on the internet. What does that mean? What does it all mean, Basil? I mean, you know, they don't really. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. That's spot on. And, and so, yeah, you have to even get, drill down deeper than that. And, and certainly it doesn't hurt to ask. Your, mm-hmm. your prospective client. How, how did you hear about us? What are you looking at right now when you dialed our number? You know, that's another good question. Oh, that's um, a good question. But because it'll drill them down a little bit deeper. And, and you're right. We live in a, I call it an Amazon shopping society. Mm-hmm. So, so people, people feel comfortable now going online and vetting businesses purely based on complete strangers analysis. Of, of their of their business of their oh, experience. I know. yeah and so they gravitate directly to the google my business listing and they they read the reviews they look at the rating and they make a determination off of that well by calling directly from your google my business listing even though you were personally referred by a cousin in most instances the analytics are going to point to that google my business listing or the internet driving that call mm-hmm. and so I, I i can i cannot sit here and say that tracking is 100% accurate. I don't believe that'll ever happen. Even, you know, the technology is incredible. And just think about where it's going to be in the next five years. I still don't believe in five years, we're going to have a perfect attribution concept. Uh, Because just as you said, there are multiple attributions across the whole life cycle or the journey of that person ultimately landing on your website and calling you. Uh, It's just a matter of being able to utilize Google Analytics, evaluating how they're coming to the site, what the, what pages they're visiting, and and do your best to begin to find what those main funnels are. And once you identify those main funnels or sources that are driving contacts, that's when you actually have the data to start reinvesting more aggressively in those particular areas um, to to double down and and really start to you know magnify the success. Yeah, it's 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 not going to be a uh, perfect system until you take human beings and human nature out of it. I mean, right? Because we we are human beings are complex and we make decisions, you know, based on a lot of factors and uh, the timing of what we do and all that kind of stuff. And we can't, you know, until we can get into their brain. I mean, I, and I think that's why it's so important 
you, you mentioned earlier about ideal client. It's so important to really understand, you know, who is my ideal client and be, because you should, you should know as much about your ideal client as you can. And then that way you could sort of assess these things a little bit better because then you start to really understand who these type of people are that are contacting you that make, that are a good fit for you as a client, right? That's right. That's right. And it's also important to, you know, I mentioned tracking costs per lead. That's great. But, you know, you could be using a particular Facebook advertising Mm -hmm. effort that's driving an abundance of leads, Mm -hmm. you know, so much so that you can't even keep up with them. But, you know, less than 1% are signing up. And so if you're not tracking that cost per case and purely going off of lead volume, yeah. You may be missing the boat entirely and, and trying and you and may want to know wrong audience. Yeah, you may you may first of all, there's reaching the wrong audience. And then also you have to look at are you know what's happening once that lead comes in the firm and are my people skilled mm-hmm. enough closers, you know. So th- maybe they're getting a ton of leads, but and maybe they're maybe they would be good qualified leads, but you you don't have closers who are there talking on the phone, you know, you don't have a process and a system in place to gently, you know, nurture that lead through your process. It's so important. And I, we, we stress that so often it's an area that consult webs, we don't service the intake mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Um, but you better believe we are, we, we are setting up <laughs> alarms. Yes. We are, we are red flagging when, cause we, we have a general, a general understanding, you know, obviously different Different practice areas are going to fluctuate, but 10% conversion rate on internet uh-huh. leads uh-huh. is is pretty much industry norm. Yeah. And so, you know, for those listening, the first thing I would do is go back and look at all the, the, the volume of leads that came through last month and calculate how many cases were signed based on that. And if, if you're sitting around 10% or higher, you, you're doing as good or better than most law firms in the country. If you see that dipping below 10%, to me, that's an immediate opportunity that you have holes in the bucket. You're potentially right. allowing qualified leads to slip through. And one of the biggest things we see with this, if you've lived off of a referral business, and, and let's be honest, a lot of law firms depend heavily on referrals, whether that's right. attorney referrals or, or word of mouth referrals. Those individuals, if they send in a contact form or they call the office and they're not able to reach someone immediately, in most instances, they're going to wait around for a phone call, even if it takes 24 hours to get back to them. However, for, for those who are f- actively seeking legal help and they come across your website, there is no personal connection. There's no loyalty at that point. Mm-hmm. And so they submit a contact form or they call into the office and, and they're not able to reach a human being and, and be wowed by a customer experience. What are they doing? They're immediately turning right around and calling the competitor next door. And by the time you decide to call them back two hours, three hours later, they've likely already been signed up by another firm that truly gets the importance of spectacular intake. And that that alone literally can mean millions of dollars in fees for a law firm in just treating the intake seriously and responding to these calls within three to five minutes, ideally. Wow. Wow. You know, and I I think one of the things you've highlighted in in this, what we've highlighted in this discussion, and this is a tip that kind of comes out of here, is it's so critical. You you look at, as an attorney, you don't need to know how to do SEO. You don't need to know how to do a pay-per-click ad. You don't need to spend your time 
on Google AdWords trying to do a pay-per-click ad because I'm here to tell you, unless you're Google certified, there's a whole lot of information you don't know when you start doing that, right? Mm-hmm. But what you do need to be doing as the as the the person who owns or runs the firm, operates the firm, is you need to be really paying attention and understanding the metrics and paying attention and then communicating with your service provider. Because like you said, if you're not an attorney or or even if it's just not your area of expertise or your business, you don't know, you might not know exactly uh, the, the kind of client that they're looking for. So they may be getting a lot of leads for, uh, you know, family law and maybe they're family lawyers, but maybe in your mind, your ideal client is at a certain income level in a certain neighborhood and a certain, you know, they, they, for you to make the money you want to make, you may need to focus on a certain market, right? And if you're not communicating that to your service provider, who's helping you, drive those digital leads to you, then they don't know. You're just, you know, you're making kind of an assumption that, okay, well, they, uh, one client, you know, a family law client's family law client will sort it out when they come in. Mm-hmm. But you, you guys may be able to help with that more if you have the more detailed information you have about what, who their ideal client is. That's such correct? a big concept. Oh, it's, it's, that's, that's right on. And I see, yeah, I, I often hear, I'll call it an objection, but I often hear the, the response of, well, I don't want to turn anyone away. Yeah, I, I want to be the one, I want to have a shot at it first. So I certainly don't want to, 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 to focus a message that potentially doesn't necessarily resonate with everyone. And, and I, I think that's such a flawed mindset because success builds on, its, on success. You know, it, it breeds success breeds success. And, and the more that you can go back, you know, looking back through the last several months or even the last year's worth of client demographic information and, and truly understanding who is the audience that's resonating with our firm and why are they doing that? And, and what, you know, demographically, male or female, uh, age, locations, you know, if you're in a big metro or there are certain pockets in that metro where the majority of clients are coming from. Uh, occupation, all of those factors can ultimately help to refine and be hyper-focused with both marketing messaging and marketing placement, uh, advertising placement. And and that's where you really start to see um, higher returns on investment and much less friction in terms of being able to, uh, to get the message in front of the right people. Right. When you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. You know, mm-hmm. that, that, it's that old saying, when you speak to everyone, you speak to no one. And and people, I think it comes from a scarcity mindset or a mindset of lack. If I don't, if I don't, you, you know, just try to throw a net out and catch whatever is in my net, you know, then somehow if I niche down, there's not going to be enough clients in that right. demographic, right? Or you know, demographic, psychographics, whatever, right? There's not going to be enough clients for me in that pool if we narrow down the focus. But that's the beautiful thing about, you know, these types of, this type of marketing is that the more you can get, you know, pinpoint who that is, the better you guys can help, right? 
That's that's exactly right. And and you know, on the opposite side of that, just as a disclaimer, <laughs> and, and to, to not be naive, not be naive to it. Yes, there has to be a big enough pool f- for yeah. it to work. And and right. but at the end of the day, you know, that's part of you're never going to know that until you truly start identifying the demographics that that you have been signing up, and then doing a market analysis of how how large is this pool. And and you may determine doing that research that you may, maybe it isn't large enough, but you'll never get to that decision and you'll never make an educated uh, decision until you actually do the homework and, and right. gather that yourself. Right. So shifting gears a little bit, I just want to talk with you about you, you know, this podcast is for women and I know that you're uh, it's for women law firm owners. And I know that your firm has worked with a number of women woman-owned law firms. And I was curious if there's anything that has jumped out at you that is different uh, when it comes to your experience in working with law firm owners who are women versus men in the way that they uh, approach their digital marketing. It's a tough question. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a tough question. I, I would say that, but but there are definitely some things that have stood out to me. Uh, we we work with a number of um, women-owned law firms that are ex- just tremendously successful. Um, they're successful online, but that's also largely because they've been so successful in in running a business and helping a lot of firms or rather clients. And because of that, they've grown a tremendous reputation uh, online and offline. Mm-hmm. But what I would say. I think that the the big difference or the thing to, to understand what we find, we, we watch a lot, we monitor a lot of data, conversion mm-hmm. data. We find that the the initiators, the proactive individuals going online and, and seeking legal help are the majority females. It's uh, the wives. It's mm-hmm. it's it's the mother, it's the the daughter of the injured victim or the person who needs legal help. They, they are the, the warrior for the family, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're the ones taking initiative. I, I'm now happily married for over 10 years, and I can confidently tell you my wife is the one that drives us. Like she, she is the one who keeps us organized. And when there's, a, when there's research or there's information to, to, you know, or a decision to be made, she's often the first one to push us toward that. And that's, mm-hmm. I've found, and the data's proven this, that that's the case globally, or at least mm-hmm. throughout the country. Right. And, and I think that's, that's an opportunity to embrace as a, a, a woman-owned law firm, take pride in that, because there's mm-hmm. a huge opportunity. I mean, going back to our earlier discussion, Davina, on how there is this natural wall, and the more we can break those barriers and, and remove that intimidation factor, the more we're going to relate, the higher conversion rates we're going to experience on a design. And so right. the, the biggest thing that I could say to your audience is embrace that. That is a tremendous, unique value proposition in and of itself that absolutely should be leveraged, leveraged through photography, leveraged through messaging. Um, I found that the, the women-owned law firms that we work with, very organized, very focused on data, very consistent. And obviously, that's not the case for across the board, but from my personal experience, that, right. that couldn't be any more true. And because of that, that in and of itself is a huge value add to the market. That 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 story should be told. 
And I think all too often, I mean, if, if we're real here and being mm-hmm. candid, th- this is a, th- this is the majority of the competition in any given market is going to be male ran. And, right. and so I think in some instances, from what I've experienced, there has been a, maybe not even an intimidation factor, but there's been this sense of hesitancy to, to really uh, try to push against that, or at least sell yourself as something different, something unique, um, instead of just trying to, what we say, rip off and repeat, you know, using right. the same messaging and the same thing that everybody else is doing because they're perceivably successful instead of kind of paving your own road. Yeah, and yeah. For, for our women-owned law firms, they've been so extraordinarily successful because they're willing, in some instances, to step outside, well outside a comfort zone and really speak to those, those differences and that unique value to their clientele. And it has consistently resonated with their market. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful advice. Speaking of advice, before we wrap up here, which we're going to need to do in a, in a minute or two, I just wanted to ask you if you could leave us with kind of some top tips or advice that we can take takeaways that we can take when it comes to our our digital marketing, our websites, SEO, online advertising. What, you know, what is your number one, number two piece of advice that you have for your market, for our audience? Number one advice, uh, and this this is something we've touched on already, but that would be find, find your voice and your unique value. If you don't already have that as a law firm owner, to me, that's step one. And, mm-hmm. and, and it will drive all marketing efforts. And, and if you don't have that, some practical tips would be going back through your client list, you know, p- pick some of your, your ideal clients and, and have, a, have coffee with them, have breakfast, mm-hmm. go, go to breakfast and just dig, better understand what was it that appealed to you when you first considered us, what drove you to hire us, understand what's in their mind and the emotions behind that and what ultimately cause them to pick up the phone and call the office and look for commonalities. You have to talk with a number of clients to be able to get that, at least start to, to be confident in those, uh, in those main drivers. Mm-hmm. And that's a tremendous way to start being confident. And that's one of the things too, is that a lot of law firm owners tend to be hesitant to say, yes, this is the perfect unique value proposition that's going to resonate with the market. But, but it's just purely been drummed up by a marketer instead of actually tapping the collective intelligence of prior clients who have had that confidence. There's a reason they've had that level of confidence. What is it? And, and take that message. And, and ideally, you know, if, if you don't feel like you have uh, the expertise or, or the desire to craft that, hire, hire a unique value proposition writer. Hire somebody who has experience in key messaging and that ultimately is going to be a blueprint for what to push out to the market. And to me, that needs to be spoken on uh, on your website very clearly. It needs to be ideally represented on business cards and any and all other marketing or advertising that you're putting out there to the public. That's wonderful. That's wonderful advice. And I so appreciate that because, I, you know, <clears throat> as someone who has looked at innumerable uh, law firm websites, it, you know, there's, 
it's rare to find somebody who really uh, is able to hone in and distinguish that thing that makes them different and unique. And I think a lot of a lot of attorneys struggle with it. They they say, well, you know, we we do a a good job in a timely manner, or we are, you know, collaborative, or we are aggressive litigators, you know, Mm -hmm. there tends to be the same sort of themes over and over again. And none of them really reveal the personality of your firm and your culture of your firm, your core values, those kinds of things, right? Yeah. So that's great advice to to dig into that. And I love uh, what you recommended about talking with your your ideal clients that you've had, because you will be shocked probably at the words they used you know, to express how they came to the decision to hire you versus what you thought it was or what you think it is. That's right. And from my experience, in most instances, there are going to be commonalities that are just repeated from one conversation to the next, and and it it will become very obvious to you what the main driver is. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll also, and if you ask less than ideal clients, (laughs) I mean, you also may, you also may start and say, you know, is this how I want people to perceive me? Like if the mm-hmm. word affordable keeps coming up over and over again, <laughs> right. you might say, yeah. well, you know, maybe I don't want to be, you know, known as the affordable attorney. Maybe what I want to be known as is the attorney who fights, you know, will fight for you, will get in the trenches and, and alongside with you and fight for you, you know, or whatever. Right. Um, and and so it's it's important to ask those questions because it might be surprising, maybe surprising. Well, I have really enjoyed our conversation today. Why don't you tell us where we can uh, find out more about ConsultWebs? Sure. I think the easiest thing to do would just be to go to our website, consultwebs.com. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, feel welcome to you can you can call us directly there, submit a contact form. You can also reach me on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. And um just search Tanner Jones and you'll see it tied to consult webs. Uh, send me a message there. I'd love to have the opportunity to dive into, you know, deeper into any of these topics we've discussed. I know we've really just scratched the surface. Uh, so more than happy to be a resource to anyone where this information is resonated with. Great. Great. Thank you so much, Tanner. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed our conversation a lot. And I wish we had another hour. <laughs> Agreed. Thanks so much, Davina. I, I've, I've enjoyed it myself and I'm grateful for the opportunity. The Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast is sponsored by Wealthy Woman Lawyer, LLC. We help women law firm owners build wealth-generating law firms without overwork and overwhelm so they can reclaim their time and create the lives of their dreams. If you are ready to create more of what you truly desire in your business and your life, then you'll want to sign up for our free training, How to Transform Your Solo Practice into a Seven-Figure Firm with Total Ease. Register at WealthyWomanLawyer.com slash webinar.